Hey, Stefan, I, I do need to ask you for consent, I think, right? I hereby consent. <laughs> this is always the weird moment to do. Exactly. I thought, you know, start with that one again. <laughs> exactly. Just to create a little bit of tension in the air. Indeed. indeed. Hello, everyone. My name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j, and uh, here we are again after the summertime. The autumn is almost upon us. Uh, we're going to enjoy a couple more weeks of, uh, of, of better weather, uh, but we wouldn't be able to do that without another podcast episode. So on the other side of this Zoom call, I've got my dear friend, uh, Stefan, Stefan Wendin. Hey, Stefan. Hi, yeah, uh, autumn is coming upon us, that's for sure. Here in Sweden, it's starting to get cold, but let's not talk about the weather. That's just going to be depressing. So let's stay yeah. focused, happy, and see on all the cool things uh, uh, that has happened. Agreed. And one of the cool things, I guess, was summer. Yeah, memories. Don't ask me about anything. Nah, uh, it was good. Uh, I, I, I think from, yeah, you want to go? I just wanted to ask you, you know, how how, how did you, your summer go, and how did you, you know, professionally, of course, you know, uh, how how has the, has the world been evolving for you? Yeah, I think uh, the, as for the summer part, I usually spend a lot of time reading, uh, digging into things, and of course, also checking out all the cool parts in in the graph world. Uh, uh, strangely, learning, strangely enough, this year. Uh, I really didn't get into that kind of calm, relaxed mode, or at least it was a little bit harder. And I think mainly because also this thing that people call the new normal, which uh, is not my favorite word for sure. But uh, the way things has evolved, it's like uh, nowadays I, instead of traveling, working mostly from my remote office alone and, and so on. So I think that kind of changed that part. So seeing the list of great uh, ideas or the topics for this call just get me all energized again. So feeling a little uh, bit behind on the on that part but i think that's also healthy to just admit that we can't be perfect all the time so that's good yeah. as for yeah as for the professional life uh, I, I think a big part of what we do has changed uh, completely uh, i mean uh, what i do is running the innovation lab here at the neo and uh, a big part of that is and uh, has been a very hands-on person-to-person uh, -person experience like going into a war room for a week and then just crunching away uh, taking care of all of these things and obviously there is no travel and there is also restrictions of rooms so what i did was uh, as i always do and i hate something because i really hate bad zoom meetings and boring things right uh, this is the story why why i started to lecture at universes because i hated sitting there listening to boring shit uh, so what i did was look upon this and see how can i transform this into a remote offering because i think in this time business will not stop right but more than ever it will be more important to think about the uh, the validation and basically that's what we do uh, basically this kind of scientific method of seeing if graph is a fit for you and doing that from basically a technology and data point of course uh, but also bringing in the business and the user perspective in the same kind of loop uh, so we put that together and have been delivering pretty much non-stop uh, before summer and now it's again non-stop going so it's a super popular product uh, which i think is kind of cool and actually it is better 
remote, uh, which is strange in a sense, it, because it's against everything I believe. I believe, of course, in the meetings of people, and I had a very hard time accepting that this becomes so good. Uh, it was kind of a shock to me, but I think one of the cool parts is that we get to kind of work with people from all over uh, company, which is uh, super cool. So. Uh, uh, picking the brains of our data science team and people from New York, for example, and bringing them into our European customers without so much of a uh, trouble of travels and so on. So I think that uh, brings in, in the part. And I, and I think, again, this validation part comes related to, to what I see. A lot of the innovation stuff usually is the, the crazy persons in, in the company, right? The one with the stupid ideas. And in a time of uh, scarcity or a pandemic or uh, where we are, those projects tend to go on hold, right? Uh, so I think more than ever, it's, it's important actually to do to, to this validate thing, to, to be sure that if I can validate my hypothesis faster than my competition, I'm going to stay afloat, right? So I think this is basically how it helped me uh, selling this in, in, in the new world and adding my perspective to that. So. Um, it's very helpful in that sense. Uh, do you see anything on the selling part, Rick, uh, from your side? Yeah, I, I guess so. You know, there's, there's quite a bit of changes, right? I mean, and, and just like you, I've had to, you know, take my job uh, uh, into a new direction. You know, selling usually is uh, uh, is all about connecting, connecting to people and, and, and talking to people and, and, uh, and, you know, just making them see the value of uh, the products that we offer and the services that we offer, right? So it's very yeah. different. And I, and I feel like, you know, the biggest difference that I've kind of uh, experienced is that, um, you know, before before the pandemic hit, I, I think lots of people were still experimenting uh, a lot more, yeah. and they were they were they were they actually had budgets for that, and they were able to 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 trial and error a little bit more, and, and those types of things, you know. Whereas today, I, I find that you know the importance of a, of a solid business case, a solid value case for for these types of projects is even more important, you know, and it's always been important, yeah. but it, it's only become more important. And, and and the thing that I that I constantly try to help clients with is, you know, to make those cases be stronger, you know, because I mean, we, we, we kind of, in most cases, you know, if, if people are looking at a fraud detection system these days, they kind of know that, you know, the individual transaction isn't going to be fraudulent anymore. The, the fraudsters are yeah. smarter than that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. They know that the fraud is going to be in the pattern, in the in the connection of uh, of transactions. And, and so as a consequence, I need to be able to justify much more explicitly with the client on, you know what, if you're going to combat fraud in uh, in 2020, you better have some kind of understanding and insight into the connections between your transactions. So there's a lot more uh, emphasis on that and a lot more work that we do with clients on, 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 on that type of stuff. So yeah, it, it really kind of has, um, has transformed uh, my job, but but you know it's also you know enhanced it in many ways. I think I find that it's um, you know it's not uh, it's 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 not it's not a worse situation. I wouldn't say. Uh, obviously, I would love to be <laughs> visiting clients more and, and 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 talking to real people instead of the umpteenth uh, uh, Zoom call. But um, but I, I I do find that you know it's a healthy thing to 
to talk about technology and justifying technology a little bit more explicitly than we possibly have been doing before. So I'm kind of happy about that. It's a, it's a, it's a good evolution. Uh, let's hope it, uh, you know, from this pandemic, pandemic, we can, we can remember the good things, you know what I mean? Uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's something that I'm hoping for. Yeah. So one thing that, that we should be doing, Stefan, is uh, uh, we should talk a little bit about all of the cool things that our users and our community and our customers have been doing in the past couple of months, right? Uh, oh yes. Did you see Did you see anything anything nice uh, pop up in the past two months that that you want to uh, talk about? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, when opening the list, I think this is one of those uh, where we should just share the entire list of good stuff that we looked of upon. Course. But one of the things uh, that really blowed my mind was uh, this whole idea of graph embeddings. Uh, we have been talking about it for a little while, but finally see it coming in, in the release. It's like, holy creperia uh, to, to, to just speak it out loud and, and how it kind of allows me, sorry for that again, this is just who I am. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I can't I change. You, I, I'm, I'm too old to change. Uh, no, but this idea of kind of uh, uh, help me represent uh, or embed my graph and then it, uh, represent it as uh, vectors or sets of vectors, uh, meaning that I can take uh, a single node and embed it, or I can take a path and embed it, or I can take the entire graph and uh, embed it. Uh, I think it's like so, so fundamentally different because then I can feed it into my machine learning pipeline, enrich it, and then learn and feed it back and to kind of create this kind of loop back and forth uh, almost. And for me, this is one way of adding context and taking the best from two worlds and combining them. And I think it's one of those moments, uh, usually there's a couple of these in your careers, uh, one where very early on for me playing music when I saw a sampler the first time, an instrument with no sound, and you can record whatever sound you want. It's like literally insane. The idea is like, what? And then I know with Photoshop, it was the same with the cloning stamp. Again, like taking something and painting with that thing that you sampled from somewhere. It's like, this is literally the same thing, but uh, with the machine learning and graphs, right? Doing that, which seemed almost like uh, you can understand it concept, as a concept, but then seeing it happening, it's uh, super good. So I think for me, this is one thing that comes from the remote delivery, to be frank. Uh, I, I was uh, on a call, I brought in Alicia from our team in with one of our clients. And then uh, this week I had Jose joining both from New York. So this is one of the possibilities that just this strange world has opened up. So super psyched Amazing. about that. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And you know, I, 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 I'm myself as well. I've been working in the graph industry for quite some time, but you know, this was this was kind of new to me. And I, 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 uh, I think it's extremely powerful. And for those of you that don't know this, and you will see it in the in the transcription, you know, we'll put some links there. But uh, Neo4j has this graph data science library these days that now supports these graph embeddings that you can then um, uh, use and, and reuse in, in in machine learning. But we'll put some links on that. Um, can I can I suggest maybe something that that happened to me uh, this summer? Uh, 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 yes, I, I was just it. thinking about it. Yeah, what have you been yeah. up to? Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of things that I that I'd like to highlight, right? But there was this one 
beautiful experience in July. I've actually blogged about it as well because um, you know this is uh, this is the local newspaper uh, here in Belgium that um, it's like the financial newspaper, like the Financial Times or the Wall Street Journal of Belgium, if there's any such thing. They yeah. a couple of years ago they had done this uh, uh, this publication about. Um, the executives of public companies, uh, Belgian public ah. companies, right? And yeah. uh, it's, it's a very, very short list. There's like a, only like 150 listed companies. So there's only like a, I don't know, a couple of hundred uh, executives, right? And uh, like, I, I want to say like three, four years ago, they published this article and I was like, wow, there's graphs on, the, on, on, on this article. I go digging for it and I find the data set embedded in some JavaScript ah. and I, I wrote about it uh, at the time because I thought it was an interesting uh, case to, to kind of understand the networks between the executives of the yeah. uh, public companies, right? So now yeah. this summer in July, all of a sudden I get a phone call from a journalist from that newspaper saying, hey, Rick, remember when we did that thing uh, a couple of years ago and uh, you oh. basically stole our data? Uh, uh, and I was like, yes, yes, I do remember, you know. Am I in trouble? And, they, no, and the guy goes, no, 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 that was great. That was great. And we want you to work on the new version with us. So, oh. so so he basically gave me the updated version of the data set. We ran a bunch of algorithms on it and we basically wrote a new article for the newspaper uh, based on that analysis, which was super cool to do. And, uh, you know, I, I've blogged about it and, you know, the, the, it was actually super interesting because it kind of uh, highlighted a couple of like really important new players in that old oh. boys network yeah. um, and uh, and the, the 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 most interesting part of it was that you know like the big fish in the old boys network was yeah, a girl that's really exactly what i was saying <laughs> uh, i was like I, i'm looking at the visualization now and i can just yeah. imagine that uh, it's also represented of uh, almost page rank i think you run it also yes. and you see like that big network there's a female in the middle there oh this is interesting just like my family yeah, that, that's a, that was a really cool thing to do, and uh, uh, yeah, we really enjoyed that. And then there was another article that uh, that popped up end of July around um, the the proteomes of life. I don't know if you oh, read yeah. that. Yeah, I sort of looked into it. It was one of those, you know, uh, you know, you click on it, and then it just unfolds and unfolds and unfolds and unfolds. Yeah. And <laughs> you never know when to stop. So I'm I, I'm in the midst of that uh, Pandora's box thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think it was super cool. Uh, I think it reminded me also about one of the books I read this summer, uh, which is called The Blueprint of Robert Plowman. Uh, it's about this idea of uh, how genes, in a sense, uh, or basically nature versus nurture, right? Uh, huh? So environment versus uh, the genetic uh, construction of you and how that uh, creates uh, the situations and so on. So a great book to read if you haven't read it, a little bit controversial. Uh, so I tried to read it with, uh, what what is it that we say here? Yeah. With positive okay. intent, right? Very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I thought but that you article had the greatest was also... Story. 
Well, you know, that, that article was really interesting for me because it reminded me of one of the earliest uh, Neo4j experiences that I had with uh, the University of Ghent here in, in, in Belgium. Yeah. Uh, they were doing uh, 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 what they call metaproteomics, which is the analysis of how proteins interact with one another. Uh, and they had built this tool to uh, to visualize and analyze the, the interactions between proteins. And uh, you know, it was a really fun experience. We even organized like a, a workshop around it at the university and all that, those types of things. But what 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 I still remember very fondly about that uh, that work that we did at the time was that the first experiment that they did to to highlight the interactions between proteins was actually around beer brewing. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so for, for all the listeners, uh, this is uh, Rick Van Bruggen, famous yeah, for yeah, the. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, but you know, it it was meant to be. You know, it's, uh, yeah. that that there was all about you know how different yeasts of beer uh, in a beer would interact with one another and how they would influence you know um, process optimizations. You know, like if you yeah. brew a beer at one temperature or at a different temperature, obviously the yeasts and the proteins of those yeasts will react differently and you will have a different flavor and a different, you know, beer as a result. So it was a super, super cool uh, case and, and the proteins of life uh, kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, so. no, but I think, yeah, it's very interesting. And it is one, again, this kind of things that we say sometimes as a tagline, you know, graphs are everywhere, <laughs> but they really are in a sense, right? And I think this, this whole idea of, uh, uh, this great invention of the box, which then became the table, is is sometimes good, but it's also just so obvious that, of course, there is dependencies on things, which is super complex and has a network structure in, in everything we do. Uh, also, this one remembered, uh, it made me remember, we talked about Folded uh, way back, one of my favorite we did. With yeah. the protein foldings, again, a fantastic use case uh, on, on that as well. But cool. cool. Uh, did you have no. any other good ones? Uh, well, I mean, there, there's there's a zillion other ones. There were there was like the the summer of nodes, which I really enjoyed following. That was a. Uh, our yeah. colleague Lou that uh, that organized that with a bunch of really interesting articles. There was a, a you know a compound DB4J, which I thought was a, a, a you know an interesting and very complicated uh, name for you know creating <laughs> these uh, these uh, drug resource uh, databases. Yeah. Really interesting. And the one that I that, that I kind of picked up on it's also my you know not so not so hidden history as a software. Uh, geek yeah. um, with the the code analysis bit, you know. So there's a there's yeah. quite a few people that are that are using Neo um, for you know analyzing dependencies, um, not between you know you know regular things, but between code, right? Uh, code yeah. refers to other code and stuff like that. And there's actually a tool that um, our open source uh, community has built, something called JQ Assistant. Uh, really, really cool tool that uh, allows you to do to, to, to all that stuff semi-automatically, which is uh, pretty amazing. So I, 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 I enjoyed reading that as well. That was a, a cool article as well. Yeah, so, I, um, I, I missed reading it to be fair, but uh, I, I know uh, we talked about it a little bit and it sounds very, very interesting. So I'm going to give it a try, even if it's a little bit 
uh, out of my turf. Uh, so uh, I think this is also how we grow. Like if it's not a little bit uncomfortable, usually you're just doing the same old, same old, right? So I'm going to give it a try. And I suggest all of the people thinking like, oh, this is too technical for me. Just do it. Then. <laughs> uh, this is how we grow as humans. So uh, I'm going to just uh, role model that behavior. Grow as humans. That, that sounds like a fantastic ending note, doesn't it? So Yeah, uh... <laughs> so now we better just shut up. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Stefan, yeah. I really enjoyed talking uh, again. We'll uh, we'll do some more podcasting over the next couple of months, right? That's uh, Yeah, uh, that's for sure. And uh, again, if you have any requests uh, that we want, things we should uh, pick up and talk about, uh, feel free to, to send it to us. Uh, we like any sort of feedback or I like it. Uh, and then Rick too. likes it because we're going to laugh about it together. Exactly. So perfect. <laughs> Not that you. Cool. Bye bye. Thank you for your time. I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.